the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Monday, December 28th. It is great to be back on the microphone, folks. Hopefully all of you missed us as much as we missed you. And of course, hopefully all of you are enjoying this holiday season, ringing in the 2021 new year with your family, with your loved ones. Of course, 2020, a year none of us are going to forget anytime soon. So of course, if we here at Cracked Rackets help to make your year even, you know, a percentage point better than we are doing our jobs. And of course, I am thoroughly enjoying getting to spend some time with my loved ones this holiday season. I am recording this podcast with my little brother playing Xbox in front of me. This is probably the first podcast he'll ever have listened to. So, you know, wanted to expose him to that. And of course, uh, again, wanted to get back on the microphone because there have been a ton of updates on what the 2021 tennis season is going to look like. And folks, we're less than seven days away from the start of that season. The action kicking off for the ATP Tour in Delray Beach next week. Ditto for the WTA in Dubai. Both of those fields stacked. It should be a quick start. We're going to get the balls out there, and we are going to start rocking and rolling right away in this 2021 season. And of course, those two events, things we will talk about later on in the week here on this show. But on today's podcast, wanted to talk a little Australian Open and ATP Cup with all of you listeners, because of course, we have started to learn details about what those events are going to look like, who's going to be playing those events. And of course, I got I wanted to give you all just a brief update. If I came back and my first podcast out of the gates was an hour and a half, you'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. we're not ready for an hour and a half of Gruskin. Or at least I know super producer Daniel Westoff would be like, seriously, after no editing for five days, you're going to give me this behemoth. So we'll keep today on the shorter side, just talk about the big news developments over these past five days. Of course, the reason we're going to able to do this day in, day out here at the Mini Break Podcast because of the incredible support we get from you listeners, our Patreon family, and of course, because of the incredible support we get from our friends at Midwest Sports. And look, Christmas may be over, but there's never a bad time to get your loved one a gift, particularly when it's tennis related. And if you're looking for something in the tennis industry, you can find all the best gift, uh, all the best equipment, all the best prices with our friends at MidwestSports.com. You go there and use that promo code CR15. You'll get an additional 15% off free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75. And best of all, that free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls. Seriously, folks, Wilson, Head, Nike, Adidas, you name it, they've got it and more. Go to MidwestSports.com. Use that promo code CR15 to let them know that we sent you there. Now, with that in mind, let's talk some Australian Open. And I think the place we have to start, the big news coming out of the past weekend. And all of us were wondering, as you know, Roger Federer, he's no spring chicken, right? He's 39 years old. We all know it's the back half of the career. Far more tournaments in the rearview mirror than ahead for the perhaps the greatest male player of all time. And people who follow Federer closely know he's going to play the Olympics. He is going to stay active until he gets one more shot at winning that singles gold medal. Pretty much the only thing that has eluded him throughout his incredibly successful career. But, you know, we also know that he dealt with a lot of injuries in 2020, in particular a knee injury, uh, keeping him out of pretty much the entire season after the Australian Open. And in fact, that knee injury going to continue to plague him into 2021 as he and his agent, Tony Godzik, announcing to the AP AP News that Roger Federer will not be participating in the 2021 Australian Open. This ends his streak of 21 consecutive appearances at Melbourne Park, a run that began with his debut back in 2000. Of course, he's won six Australian Open titles. And, you know, this is something... 
I think we could have foreseen as tennis fans, if you read the tea leaves, read the crumbs, you know, again, the thing he is so focused on, so centered into trying to improve, trying to accomplish, is winning that gold medal at the Olympics. And he does not want to compromise his health. And particularly when you're 39 years old, yes, you want to play all of the big events. You don't want to miss out on any slams because how many slams do you have left? But for him, the key is to get healthy, right? Because Roger Federer doesn't want to be on the court and just be an empty vessel. He doesn't want to be this washed up product that, yeah, he's playing, but he's losing first round, second round, third round. No, Roger Federer has expectations to win. You know, he goes on court, he expects to win. He wants to be competitive. He doesn't want to put himself in a compromised position. And so, of course, he and his team decided that had he tried to play in Australia this year, he would have been compromised. And the quote Godsick gave, and by the way, a huge shout out to AP and Howard Fendrick uh, for breaking this story. The the quote from Tony Godsick, Roger has decided not to play the 2021 Australian open. He has made strong progress in the last couple of months with his knee and his fitness. That's good news. Uh, However, after consultation with his team, he decided that the best decision for him in the long run is to return to competitive tennis after the Australian Open. Now, what's fascinating about that, of course, is we don't know what competitive tennis really is going to look like after the Australian Open, really through that Australian Open, the only dates set on the ATP and WTA calendar. Now, Godsick also said, quote, I will start discussions this coming week for tournaments that begin in late February and then start to build a schedule for the rest of the year. You love that, right? For Roger Federer, it's, hey, let's negotiate with the tournaments, make sure my appearance fees where it needs to be, and then, yeah, I'll come out and start playing. But look, I think if you're a Federer fan, the fact that Nadal's at 20, the fact that Djokovic is at 17 slams, you're nervous. It is more likely not than likely that Roger Federer doesn't uh, ends up with the Grand Slam title. That was a double negative. I apologize. Let me try that again. It is more likely that Roger Federer does not end up as the man with the most Grand Slam singles title than that he will end up with the most titles. Still, the last time we saw Roger Federer really healthy in 2019, he was a finalist at Wimbledon. He had match points on Novak Djokovic. So it's still pretty clear when healthy he can hit that level but of course we also saw him lose at the Australian Open early last year we've seen you know he's 39 years old what do we expect at this point I think we've talked about it on this podcast many a times for us it's celebrating the fact that we still have a Roger Federer on court that we still get to see him compete more than you know expecting him to win every tournament every match he plays at this point of his career no it's just for the good of the game whenever Roger Federer is in a tournament it is going to receive more attention than otherwise but you know, this is not a surprising decision. You know, for him, he's not going to get back on a court until he is 100% healthy. It sounds like that is not the case right now. And so we will not be seeing Roger Federer at the 2020 Australian Open. Now, what does that do in terms of the draw? Does that open things up? No, not really, because we all know it's Djokovic, Nadal, probably Dominic team, and then everyone else. You know, the next-gen guys, Medvedev, Zverev, Tsitsipas, you want to put them right near that top tier as well. I certainly would. If you're not ready to do that, that's fair. But one could argue Roger Federer was not a top five. I mean, some people just on principle will pencil him into the semifinals no matter where he's in in the draw. But given the level, the youth, the the 
point in the career of so many of these young guys did we expect him to come out and win the 2021 Australian Open I didn't I don't think any of you probably did either of course we would have loved to see him there but more than anything we just want to see him healthy and playing as much of a schedule as he can so you know while we're disappointed we're not going to get to see him this year uh, at the Australian Open we are still very very excited uh, that it sounds like we are going to get a relatively full schedule from Roger Federer in 2021 the biggest question of course being what will that schedule look like? And that is an answer, you know, a question none of us have the answer to yet. Still, Roger Federer out of the Australian Open. I believe Pedro Sosa going to be taking his place. That's a pretty good trade-off, right? I think everyone will be happy with the fact no Roger Federer. Fine, at least I get Pedro Sosa, but uh, no Roger Federer in Australia now. We did learn some of the other main draw wildcards, and while there's no Roger Federer, there will be an Andy Murray. Andy Murray receiving one of the main draw wildcards. Of course, last week he beat both Dan Evans, a top 30 player, Cam Norrie, top 75 player, in the Battle of the Brits event put on in uh, London. Uh, so we know he is starting to play some much better tennis. He just looked, by the way, much more fit during those matches than he did at any portion down the home stretch of 2020. But Andy Murray, a main draw wildcard recipient, the other wild card recipients for the main draw, Tanasi Kokonakis. And I know I speak for all of us. If the cock is healthy, you do not want to be facing him on the other side of the net. Great to see him in a point, uh, get to a position where he can start playing main draws again. Alex Bolt to the Australian, not surprising to see him get a wild card after his run last year. Alex Vukic, the former Illinois standout. Shout out to you, Vuki man. He gets a main draw wild card, going to be making his Grand Slam, I believe, debut. Maybe he qualified uh, for a main draw at the end of last season, but certainly for him, a guy who's ascending into the top 200, really does look like uh, the way things are going. I mean, he's still, what, 25 years old? There's absolutely a world where Alex Vukic could end the 2020 season in the, uh, 2021 season, excuse me, inside the top 150, top 125, maybe even top 100 if things go right. He has the physical profile. He's gotten better and better on other surfaces, but of course, hard court's always going to be the place where he thrives. Great to see Alex Vukic get a wild card into the Australian Open. Hey, great shot by you, Tennis Australia. That was a good decision. Your other men's wild cards, Samit Nagal, Mark Pullmans, and Chris O'Connell. Again, a bunch of Australians in that mix. Not surprising to see, uh, particularly given with COVID, you want these wild cards to be regionally based, make it that much more easy to facilitate getting these players on site, having them there, keep everyone safe and healthy. Those are your men's wild cards on the women's side. Again, all good choices, in my opinion. Daria Gavrilova, we know when healthy. She's a top 100 player, so that's a good choice, Tennis Australia. Astra Sharma, the former Vanderbilt standout. Again, you want to say, oh, is college tennis a pathway to the pros? Astra Sharma, Alex Vukic, to you I have to say, way to go, Astra Sharma. And she was someone who was really good in 2020. We all know about her skills on the doubles court, but I mean, she's someone who has the top 100 goods in singles as well. So great to see her get one. Then you've got Madison Inglis, uh, Lizette Cabrera, Arena Rodiana, uh, Rodianova, Destiny Ayava, and Wang Shiyu. Wang Shiyu, of course, one of the former top juniors in the world and someone who has really been progressing through the ITF Futures Circuit uh, 25, 35, you know, 50K range. So 
great to see her get a shot at the big girls as well. Again, in terms of keeping it geographically based, it, does it suck a little bit that you can't, you know, there's no reciprocal wild cards for the French Tennis Federation or the USTA that we didn't get to see an Australian Open wild card challenge? Yeah, of course that sucked. But guess what? It's the reality of 2020. It's the world we live in until everyone is properly vaccinated, until uh, we can get this under control. So, of course, those are your main draw wild cards. Now, a couple of qualifying wild cards that are interesting as well in terms of uh, for the men, I believe you have Schulkatz, Kubler, uh, Santillan, Rinki Hijikata, the UNC standout freshman. You've got Sweeney, Purcell, Mott, and Mayot. Interesting, Hijikata getting an Australian Open qualifying wild card. That will be right around the national indoors. And so, Interessante. That's something where, you know, when we have Coach Paul on the pod, which we will in a few weeks, we will have to ask him about that because for Rinky, uh, if he's not playing for UNC, look, they've got the goods. They'll be just fine. But with him in the top three, plus Cernok, plus, you know, uh, freshman Logan Zapp, plus just the entire roster that they bring back. Uh, who am I forgetting? Josh Peck is another guy there. Uh, if they're missing Hijikata, that's certainly an absence that they will feel. So, uh, good to see him, though, get an Australian Open wildcard. And then on the women's side, you've got Myers, Mendez, Sanders, Popovich, Gadecki, Kapanez, Poch, uh, Bozovic, and Jimenez, Kessinseva. Uh, so again, all pretty good choices. They're qualifying wildcards. Do with them what you will. Tennis Australia. That's your Australian Open news. Now, I do want to briefly talk about the ATP Cup, which, you know, of course, the ATP Cup, for those of you who forgot, inaugural team event last year played on the men's side. It's about a two, three-man team. You play two flights of singles as well as a flight of doubles as well. It produced some phenomenal matches last year. I mean, we got an early look at Djokovic Nadal, at Djokovic Medvedev. Demonauer played Shapovalov. Kyrgios played Tsitsipas in one of my favorite matches of 2020. It produced some outstanding tennis. Uh, It should produce that same thing again this year. Now, 500 points are on the line, and again, the ethics, uh, uh, yeah, the ethics of affording points in an event where not everyone can play and it's based on geographical restrictions, then, you know, what is your ranking barring your entry? I'd it's kind of stupid. It's a little morally gray, but still 500 points on the line, $7.5 million on the line, and some really good teams in action. We're going to go just, I'm going to go through them quickly. For Serbia, Djokovic and the Deuce, Dusan Lajevic. For Spain, Nadal, Bautista, Gut. Austria, Team Novak. Russia, Medvedev, Rublev. By the way, they're your early favorites to win the event, minus 250. Uh, for Greece, you have Tsitsipas and Perlorakis. For, uh, I believe, Germany, you have Zverev and Strufdog. For Argentina, Schwartzman and Pea, Italy, Berrettini, Fodnini, Japan, Nishikori, Nishioka, France, Monfils and Pear, and Australia. Still a couple of wild cards that you imagine that will be a Kyrgios Demon Hour sort of team. Now on deck, you have the team of Shapovalov and Rayonich and Team Canada. I don't know why they wouldn't let that team into the draw. If you're asking me, ooh, who would I remove in place of them? Would I rather have... <sighs> I don't know, but that's a team that should definitely be in the draw, hopefully that they are able to do so, but that's a really fun event, and again, it's one of a couple of warm-up events in preparation for the Australian Open. More than anything, we just hope things stick on script, stay to schedule. We know how serious the Australian government is about their COVID protocols. It doesn't help 
when you see people like John Isner tweeting, why are we wearing masks? Why are these people doing all of these things? You know, that's the sort of stuff Tennis Australia is going to see or the Australian government be like, we really want to let all of these people into our country when we have been taking things so seriously, when we have been keeping our case count per day under triple digits, when we're in the, you know, the tens and not the hundreds, which compared to the rest of the world uh, is just doing significantly better. Just no more tweeting from any of these players until the end of the Australian Open, okay? If you are the social media manager, take their phones away and say, you know what, let's just get to the event. And then if you really are that devastated by the fact that you have to wear a mask for 10 more minutes, uh, I think you can get over it when you see that paycheck come from that first round loss you took or whatever it may be. But you know, again, the, hopefully we get the ATP Cup because it has the opportunity to be a very, very fun event once again, and I certainly enjoyed it at the start of last season. If it's going to replace Hopman Cup, uh, you know, if they're trying to replace Hopman Cup, I guess, yeah, while I would, I miss the women, and of course that was such a great event, ATP Cup, not a horrible replacement, and again, the quality of tennis last year, so delightful. Uh, but that is your updates in the early portions of the schedule. Again, ATP Cup Australian Open right now, looking like it is a scheduled go, and again, Delray Beach, Dubai, the opening events of the ATP WTA season. We'll talk about them later this week, and of course, we will also talk about the last few ITF events of the 2020 season. We'll be joined by Judson Wall, David Gertler, I believe Reem Abulail going to be on the show this week as well to give us that schedule updates. Some really fun things planned here on the Mini Break Podcast, of course, on our Great Shot Podcast. If you missed our 2020 award shows, Courtney Wynn of the WTA, Gil Gross of Monday Match Analysis, joining me for the WTA and ATP shows respectively, both of those two of my favorite podcasts of the season. So if you have not, please be sure to go check them out. And of course, we continue our College Contender Series, breaking down our top 11 teams heading into this 2021 year. Uh, This week, we've got number four, Ohio State, for you on the podcast. Tomorrow on the GSP, you'll be able to hear Chris Halioris, Matt Stokowiak, and I break down the Buckeyes. You'll be able to hear Chris and I chat with Ohio State head coach Ty Tucker. And you know, whenever we get Ty on the show, we are bound to have fun. It's not every day I get called a fucker, but hey, Ty Tucker managed to do it. So I must have been doing my job on that show. And of course, it was in jest. It was a phenomenal show. I know all of you listeners will enjoy that. But of course, uh, we're rocking and rolling here at Cracked Rackets. We try and get all of you listeners prepared for the 2021 season. So of course, if you've missed any of our content, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at Cracked Rackets. If you've missed any of it, you can go find it on our website, CrackedRackets.com. Of course, shout out as always to our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff for the of an editing job they do day in day out shout out as well to our friends at midwest sports go to midwestsports.com use that promo code cr15 to get 15 percent off your order uh but with that in mind again we've got some pretty good news uh I, I would say some pretty good news if you are a tennis fan it does look like we are going to get the 2021 season starting on time and that is something all of us can get excited about Nikki, did I miss anything? Give me the thumbs up in the background if you think I've hit it all. I see the thumbs up from Nicholas Gruskin means we are good to go. So with that in mind, for our wonderful super producers, Max Ligner and Daniel Westoff, our friends at Midwest Sports, my little brother Nicholas Gruskin in the background, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say, folks? That's the break, and we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.